recognize a couple mothers. First of all, um, my sister Shala is a mother, and uh, she got to be here this weekend. This is just really exciting to have her here. And um, I want to recognize my lovely bride, who is the mother of my children, Barbara. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I'd like to... My mom uh, passed away in March of 2001, so I... But I recognize her. She was a good mom, had some tough circumstances. I mean, she had to put up with my sister, you know. <laughs> I was the perfect son, so we didn't have any problem. Uh, I like to recognize Sylvia Blackburn, who knew my mom, is a friend of my mom's, and so she's, over the years, has been a link uh, to my mom. And uh, it's always great to wish her a happy Mother's Day. And um, my other mom, she's always been other mom. In fact, I have called her um, mom longer than I called my own mom, mom. Mana Sakura, so I recognize her as well. So anyway, so today I thought I would do a, a happy Mother's Day sermon, but we're doing song. We're doing the Psalms. And then I discovered in our reading this week that we have a psalm that is really, it's a Mother's Day psalm. I mean, it really is. And let me tell you why. I chose Psalm 28, so you can turn to Psalm 28 if you'd like. Um, Any way you want, either through a Bible, your app. The scriptures will actually be up on the screen, any of that way, but... As you look at Psalm 28, Psalm 28 is a psalm that does a lot of things, okay? It laments, it praises, it has supplication, it has gratefulness. It's a multitasker, just like moms. Moms are multitaskers, aren't they? Oh my gosh. There's a lot of crying out. That's kind of like a mom. At least my mom. Shala. There's also a demanding of answers. That sounds very momish. There's a, you'll be the death of me. That's a mom. Right? And then there's a, will you listen to me? That sounds very momish. So we're going to do Psalm 28. So hopefully, while I've been stalling for time, you're ready to read along with us. It's just nine verses, but let's get into it. It's a psalm of David because we're doing Davidic psalms in our study. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not take me away with the wicked. And with the workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, 
because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Psalm 28. A great psalm. But it has really everything all wrapped into nine verses. If you were to go to seminary or if you were to do any uh, study of the psalms, Generally speaking, most all scholars will agree that there are six types of psalms. Okay? And those um, six types of psalms should be up on the screen, but they're not. Are these. The praise, the praise hymn. There's a, a song of trust. There's a thanksgiving song. There's a lament song. There are wisdom psalms. And then there's psalms based for kingship or covenant or messianic. That's all kind of grouped into one, those six. Now, there are many other differences of, but these are the six general. I mean, you could do some that are individual, like a lament, an individual lament. And then there's also sort of um, nation lament. You know, there is um, individual praise But then there's nationalistic praise, like the ones that we talked about when they're going up the hill, they're traveling. Hey, it's a great day to go to the house of the Lord. And it's a group thing, not just an individual. So we have all those. And then you have different types of lamenting. You know, then you have, you know, where you're lamenting, but you're sort of confessing to God and you're penitent and all kinds of different ones but these six are are generally what is considered groupings of the 150 psalms we find in the bible in the book of psalms now there's other psalms that are not in the book of psalms but they're still in the bible but try to group all those together and so if you look at psalm 28 i think i think all six types are in this now, you might say, well, I don't know about the wisdom one. But there's, okay, there's at least five of the six in one stinking psalm. That's a multitasking. And so if you, if you look at Psalm 28, most scholars will divide the psalm, this particular psalm, into two areas. The first part, verses 1 through 5, is a individual lament. This is a lamenting to God about stuff that's going on. And that the psalmist is not hearing from God and he's worried. And then there's the other half, six through nine, which is a thanksgiving psalm. So most scholars will say, let's divide it into two. There's lament and then there's thanksgiving. And that's actually a pattern for a lot, of, a lot of psalms. You'll have ones where David or any other psalmist will cry out to God. And then about halfway through or three quarters of the way, 
Um, the psalmist will remember, okay, but God is great, and he's brought us through the stuff before, and who else should I trust? We, we get those, those, you know, you know those psalms. I mean, remember a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I did Psalm 88, where it didn't have any of that. But yet it was still a psalm of lament, even though there was really no answer other than praying to God. Um, I'd like to just take an aside here about lamenting. A lot of times people will read into the Psalms and they'll go, you know, there's like, some, they'll be crying out to God on behalf of something and you go, oh, okay, here we go. Another lament song, how depressing. But let me tell you something. There's something godly about lamenting. Not complaining, not grumbling, because we know pretty, pretty sure God does not like that. In fact, one of the things that the Jews discovered out in the wilderness is every time they grumble and complain, many of them died. Like the serpents, like the ground opening up and the all kind of, so don't grumble and complain. And that's not a good thing. And it's certainly not good for a Christian to be a complainer, even though we tend to be really good at it. You're speaking to the pastor of a church, and people lovingly want to complain to me about stuff. You can only imagine what it looks like with God. I mean, I got 200 max. He has... 200 billion. I mean, it's like, whoa! So, we have, we, have, we have the complaining, we have the grumbling, which is not it. But what we, we, we tend to do as humans is we don't want to be complainers and we don't want to be grumblers. So we don't do anything. We stuff. And we have lost the art of lamenting and mourning. Now, there are some people in this church that have gone through some horrific things, and they have taken the time, and it takes time, to mourn and to lament. The reason why a, a, a lamentation is godly is because you're going to God, who is the solution. You're, your focus is not on the problem. Your focus is on a solution, and God is the solution. Even if you never know what the solution is, you know that you can trust God. And that's a faith thing. Listen, I've done a lot of counseling in my days, and there are a lot of psychoanalytical things that are troubling to people because they have lost the art of lamenting to God or to mourn. They, they don't want to be complainers, so they just stuff. They just stuff, and they stuff, and it comes out in all kinds of horrible ways. Depression, anxiety, anger, abuse, addiction, 
All of those, can, for many people, can be attributed to the stuffing that we do or the complaining that we do. If you suffer from any of those things, there may be something that needs to be addressed. And you need to have some specific time in your life, in your walk with God, to just lament with Him. I'm serious. It is therapeutic to be able to lament. And if you don't know how to lament to God, because all of that has been stuffed so much you can't really even pull it out, the Psalms is a perfect way to start. A perfect way to start. One of the greatest things that God has given to us is His Word. And I think He loves it when we pray His Word back to Him. Listen, I have some former students, and they, uh, they listen to my sermons on podcast. And every once in a while, they'll quote me back to me. I love that! I think that's so cool! I, I can imagine that God made these words. He wants us to read His Word. He wants us to get to know Him. He wants to be in relationship with Him. And when we pray back to Him, He's like, yeah. Because you're speaking truth. Another thing about lament is it's in relationship with God. Listen, people come to me a lot of times. They may not be complaining. They have some concerns about stuff in the church. If I have a relationship with them, if I know that they are all in and they want to be a part of Heights and they, they've done it, they've been here, they've gone through the good, the bad, the ugly... I'll take it from them. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, let's see what we can do to come up with a solution to solve it. That's different than someone who's like, you know, I really don't like the paint, the color of the foyer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Move on. <laughs> you know, we don't have enough bathrooms in the men's bathroom. Okay. So, I'm not advocating complaining or grumbling. I'm talking about when your heart and your soul, there is something traumatic going on. You're God! That thing, help me! Job was never... There's lots of times when he is like railing in the 40 chapters, 40 plus chapters of Joel, and you're like, okay, enough already. But he's just crying out to God... He doesn't understand it all. He doesn't know it all. What's going on? But he still assumes the best of God. He'd like to get it all straightened out. And you know what? Job is never given the answer. So a lament is just to let God know that you're hurting. There's stuff going on that... We see in Psalm 28, we also the cry for justice. That's a big thing in our, in our world today. People are crying, we need justice. We need... Okay, let me just tell you something. True justice will never fully take place until Jesus comes again. Now, we can be, try to be helpful and get things as just as we possibly can, but even in the name of justice, we screw it up. 
what we think is justice may not be justice. And so David here is crying out to God for his justice and not his own. He says, you give them what they deserve. Not me. As was pointed out so well by John last week, justice is mine, says the Lord, not us. All right. If you were to go to seminary, you would know that many of the Psalms are diagrammed by scholars over the years, and they are, I mean, to the point of, do you remember when you were in, in high school and they had you diagram sentences? And you're like, really? You know, the dog is fat. Okay. You know, the noun is dog. Is is the, you know, the verb. You put all that. Okay, can we just say the dog is fat? No. We have to diagram it. And then you get the long sentences and you're going, oh my gosh, and you've got lines over, heading down over here with the adjectives and the adverbs and the arrows going there. Huh. It's like a math problem. Don't get me started on math either. Okay. So, but one of the things that's interesting about this psalm is it is, it's dualistic. It starts talking about something personal. Then it goes into justice and two ways of justice. And then it goes back to personal. So if we look at the diagram here, there's an A and a B. So it goes A, B, B, A. Like Abba, like the 70s group. Okay. But Abba, like in Father. Whoa, wait. Hidden code in the Bible. Here we go. So A is the personal prayer. This is a cry for David where he is looking to, for God in him to hear his lament. And then David does a prayer for justice. And then he trusts in God's justice and then he has a personal praise and intercession on behalf of his people. So, it, boom, boom. It's that dualistic thing. And you'll see a lot of David's psalms are like that. You know, The psalms are so integrated, you can look at it. We have acrostic psalms. We have Psalms that will doom, 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 have a little a crescendo and then a back down, and then there'll be a build. So one of these, as you're studying and reading the Psalms in, on a daily basis, don't just read it and close the book and go, okay, well, that's great. I've done it. Check it off. Let's go. What's the next day? Look at it. See where God is in the details. He's, he's absolutely... Amazing. One of the also great things about Psalm 28, which has all the different characteristics of all the different categories of the Psalms, it's also an incredible prayer. Incredible prayer to the creator of the universe who he knows personally and has, he's a man after God's own heart. So, let's look at this also as a prayer. Now, many times when we, we, we have new believers and they're like, well, you should pray. Well, what do I pray about? How do I pray? I don't know how to pray. And then we give them the Lord's Prayer and they go, 
so we just recite the Lord's Prayer? Well, you can, but there's other ones if you want to make it more personal, if you want to do it. And so many of you have heard of the idea of when you pray to use the acronym ACTS. A-C-T-S. How many have heard that before? Okay, yeah, many of you have. But if you haven't, uh, A stands for adoration or, or praise. Okay, but we use A to help you remember that. If we use praise, then it would be PCTS. That'd be no help for your memory. So, so adoration. When you pray, there should be a part of it that you just praise God because He's God. Then there is C, which is confession. There is a time for you to. God already knows, but He wants you to admit where you have sinned. And you fall short. And that's a personal thing that you do with God. Because we all do it. Now, when you get into place like, when you start making excuses for yourself, when you start justifying yourself, well, yeah, I lied to that guy, but, you know, hey, if I had told him the truth, then I'd probably have been put in jail or whatever. No, no, no. That's not confession. Confession is, God, I blew it. And I'm sorry. And I want to repent from it. That should probably be in the prayer too. In, in the case of Psalm 28, David is confessing on behalf of the people around him as a nation. He is, oh, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We try to be nice to our neighbors, but actually we're being jerks behind their back. The third part is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of those things that your mom told you as you were growing up. Tell them thank you. Were you there when you did you ever do this? Like either being from the mother's perspective or from the child's perspective? You know, they do someone does something and they go, look at them, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We need to remember. To be able to lament when we are going through some troubles, but we also need to remember to be grateful. We need to be grateful people. I've gotten to the point now, I'm not, you know, hey, look how great I am, but there's a times when I'm going through some tough times. Thank you, God, for allowing me to be challenged in this way. My faith has grown so much, and I've realized that over the years that sometimes bad things, when they go through with you, they grow you. They shape you. They change you to some stuff in your life that you thought you knew the way it went. That's another thing. Sometimes you want to go back over here. You want to complain and you want to grumble. Sometimes, if you're lamenting about it, God will change your point of view that maybe so that you don't grumble, so that you don't complain. You're not focused on the problem. You're like, you know what? Maybe this is, for, this is for a better reason. Or maybe somebody else needed to go through this because they need their development. And then there's supplication, which is one that we're really good at. Which is like, God, I need this, I need this, I want this, I need this. The great order taker in the sky. 
if we forget the A, the C, and the T, the S can get burdensome for God and for you. He's not the almighty order taker. We serve a God who is well-rounded, a God who is perfect, a God who is creates all, has all things, and he's there in our lives. He is not a speaker like a drive through I'd like to have this, 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 this. Okay, I'll see you at the window. He's not. He is someone who we have relationship. He wants us to ask for things. Absolutely he does. But that is part of the prayer, not the entire prayer. Now, if you're praying and you don't get through all ACT, you get maybe AT, maybe ACTS instead of ACTS. Or maybe your ACT and you don't have any supplication. Okay, okay. I mean, this, this is just a way to help remember as you are praying to be as complete in your honesty and your sharing your life with God. That is what God wants for us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to be more than just someone who takes our order. He wants to be more than someone that we just yell at, blame. He wants us to have a true relationship with him. These are the areas that Psalm 28 is just so so clear about. We read Psalm 28, and let's read it again with that idea of now that you've got a brief overview of the areas of a psalm, the division of the psalm, the duology of the psalm, and acts as a prayer, let's hear David Psalm 28 again. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not take me away with the wicked, with the workers of iniquity, who speak peace to their neighbors but evil in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve. Because they do not regard the works of you, Yahweh, nor the operation of his hands. He shall, not, he shall destroy them and not build them up. But blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. And that's a model prayer. And did you see there in, in, in verse 8, he is the saving refuge of his anointed. That's messianic language. David knows that further on down the line, a son of his is going to be the savior of the world. 
and his reign will rule forever. And there will be justice. And there will be joy. And there will be praise. That son was Jesus of Nazareth. Who in direct line of both his mom and his dad. Legitimate king of Israel. Who died for the sins of the world. So that in relationship it can be not just for this time on this planet. But for eternity. Praise God for that. Please stand. All right. Guys, specifically guys, if you have not called your mom and told her happy birthday, shame on you and you better get on it. Get your phones out. Do it now. Text. Call. Do what you need to do. Did I say birthday? Maybe I have a mental illness too. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Tell Happy Mother's Day. They should probably call them on their birthday too. But that's not the point. The point is it's Mother's Day. All right. I'm going to pray for us. Let's get out of here before something happens. All right. Father God, thank you so much for all that you do. You're an amazing God. I praise you for who you are, what you've done for us. Father God, we've all sinned and fall short from your glory. Forgive us when we have done the things that are so unchristlike. I thank you, Lord, for this group of people, this congregation that we call Heights Christian Church. Lord, I pray that you will bless each and every person here today, that they will be touched by you, that they will be blessed by you, and that they will give your name a good glory. Father God, uh, I ask, Lord, that you will just bless the mothers around. Let them feel loved. Let them feel needed. Let them feel like they are fulfilling what you have given them to do, whether they have children here or in heaven, whether they are older or younger, whether they are grumpy or happy. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. You are an amazing God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.